Hey everyone, welcome to Zappagram, the mother of all music podcasts, where every week we cover the latest in music news, reviews, interviews, releases, discovery, history, and more. I'm your host, Chris Zappa, and as always, the world of music is a busy place, so without further ado, ground control to listener, take your protein pills, put your helmet on, this podcast ain't gonna listen to itself... Hey folks, welcome back to Zappagram, the mother of all music podcasts and newsletters. I'm your host, Chris Zappa. We're on week number 58. Thanks for coming back again this week. Thanks for being here. How have you been? How's your week been going? Hey, here we are at the end of May already. Can you believe that? It's almost June. 2023 is halfway over. That's insane to me. I feel like I got on the bus and rode it straight to crazy town. But hey, don't worry. There's still 218 shopping days left until Christmas. You know, according to whoever makes the rules up, the first official day of summer is not until June 21st, but uh, it really feels like summer out there right now. I'm not sure where you are, but I'm pretty sure that it's uh, it's warm. It's getting warmer. Things are heating up, as is the world of music. And speaking of the weather and the world of music, I uh, I just saw a news story about uh, the uh, Cruel World Fest in, in California. It's happening in Pasadena this weekend. And uh, yesterday, Susie Sue and Iggy Pop had sets uh, scheduled for last night, but they had to reschedule the sets due to severe weather conditions. Apparently there was the, uh, I don't know if it, they'd had a thunderstorm, but there were like thunderstorm warnings. And so they rescheduled their sets. And, you know, Susie and Iggy are, are uh, older legends. Let's put it that way. I mean, Iggy's much, much older than Susie. But uh, they're they're still they're you know they're older legends. They don't have to do this kind of shit if they don't want to. And while uh, Taylor Swift may not be as aged as uh, Susie or Iggy, um, she I saw performed last night in Foxborough, Massachusetts, Gillette Stadium, I believe, and uh, it was literally a torrential downpour. Like she was having to like you know swoosh the the water off of her piano and. And just playing guitar in the in the it was literally a torrential downpour. It almost looked like a movie set, like they were they were making it rain that hard. Uh, but it was just just the sky opened up and was dumping on her, and uh, and she kept on going, kept on playing, made her fans happy. She's she's pretty legendary herself. Speaking of concerts, uh, if you're anywhere near Chicago or anywhere in the Midwest, and you want to make a pilgrimage to Chicago. Uh, Riot Fest 2023 is happening this year, uh, September 15th through the 17th, and the lineup is incredible. Listen to this. They've got Foo Fighters, The Postal Service, Death Cab for Cutie, The Cure, Queens of the Stone Age, my favorite, The Mars Volta, Mr. Bungle, Tegan and Sarah, 100 Gex, Gaslight Anthem, AFI, Death Grips, Cults, Parliament Funkadelic with George Clinton, I mean, and and literally like 200 more bands. So it's an incredible lineup, and I was curious, what's the, what's the cost to go to this thing? Okay, so get this. Uh, Three-day general admission pass goes for $289. Three-day VIP pass goes for $389. Three-day deluxe pass goes for $899. And the three-day deluxe plus pass goes for $1,499. $1,499. And here's where you know that it has gotten ridiculous to attend a concert. They actually offer financing 
on tickets for this thing. You can say, you know, you want the the three day deluxe pass at nine hundred bucks, and uh, you go to purchase it. And if you qualify, you can finance your your fucking concert tickets. Seriously, seriously, you end up paying like a couple of hundred bucks down, and then you pay a couple of hundred bucks every month uh, for the next three or four months until the concert. And, uh, that's just, that's just so fucking stupid. I, it, it's gotten ridiculous, man. Nobody can afford to go to concerts anymore, much less festivals. And I'm too damn old to go to festivals anymore. Anyway, I don't have the patience for the crowds or the standing around all day or waiting in line for the bathroom or, you know, four hour wait to get a overpriced hot dog and a beer. That's, it's just, nah, no thanks. I have moved into the phase of my life where I will watch that shit from the comfort of my sofa on YouTube or whatever. But uh, it ain't happening for this guy. But if you're interested, it's a great lineup and, uh, you know, you should totally go. But uh, you won't see my happy ass there. So anyway, listen, we've got a lot to cover in this show. A lot of news happening this past week. A lot of sad news. Some fun and interesting news. A lot of new music coming out. So without any further ado... Let's uh, jump right into things, shall we? At the top of every show, we start things off with a quote. This week's quote comes to us from the late, great Joey Ramone, who said to me, punk is about being an individual and going against the grain and standing up and saying, this is who I am. And viewed through that lens, I'd say that, you know, we're, we're going through a sort of a punk revival here in America lately, wouldn't you say? People just want to be recognized for who they are and appreciated for who they are. And uh, to me, that's uh, that's punk as fuck. Every week in the Zappagram newsletter, I conduct a poll. I call it Rock the Vote. This week, I'm asking the question, uh, I want to know what your favorite musical genre is. So overall, your favorite music genre is rock, alternative, pop, hip-hop, or other. And I'm sorry I had to lump everything else into other, but I only get five options on these polls. So, you know, I put the most popular genres, what I felt like was probably amongst my readers and listeners, the most popular genres, and I had to lump everything else under other, you know, jazz, blues, calypso, country, um, everything else would just be other. But let me know. I'm curious to know if you guys have one preferred genre that you listen to mostly. So hit that poll. Let me know what you think. Every single week, I include a playlist Along with this here podcast uh, in the newsletter, I include new music. I include old music. I pay a lot of attention to things like sequencing. So, yeah, it's uh, I put a lot of work into these. This week's playlist is absolute fire. Natalie Murring, uh, a.k.a. Wiseblood, has released a new cover of uh, the old song, When You're Smiling. When you're smiling, when you're smiling, that song. I think it was first recorded by Louis Armstrong back in the late 20s. Anyway, she's done a beautiful new cover of that. Uh, new music from Bleach Lab, one of my favorite bands out of the UK right now. Hosier has a new album coming out, Anoni. Uh, it used to be Anthony, Anthony Hicardi, uh from Anthony and the Johnsons, and now um, she goes by Anoni. New track from Lana Del Rey that was recorded during the Ultraviolence sessions back in 2012, and she's finally released that track. I've got music from Moorish Idols, uh, from my friend Ellie Case, beautiful cover of uh, Rolling Stone's Wild Horses. 
Sufjan Stevens has new music. I've got new music from uh, Silver Twin, Darling Side, Annabelle Lee, Foo Fighters, Say She She, uh, Spoon. And then I've got a couple of uh, beautiful old songs from two of my favorite artists, Amy Mann and Jackson Brown on there. So be sure to check that out. That playlist is available on Spotify and Apple Music as well. I have a master playlist available on both platforms, too, that includes all of this music from every week that I've been doing this. So there's like 600 years worth of music on there, all handpicked and uh, sequenced by me, yours truly. So be sure to check that out. And while you're saving that playlist to your music library, I think it's time that we jump into this week's music news. Kicking things off this week at the top of the news, we have some very sad news, actually. Andy Rourke, the bassist for the Smiths, has passed away at the age of 59 after a battle with pancreatic cancer. Johnny Marr confirmed the news on Twitter, saying it is with deep sadness that we announce the passing of Andy Rourke after a lengthy illness with pancreatic cancer. Andy will be remembered as a kind and beautiful soul by those who knew him and as a supremely gifted musician by music fans. We request privacy at this sad time. My uh, thoughts and love go out to Andy's family and friends. He was an amazing musician, played an incredibly uh, a vital role in a, in a band that really meant a lot to me all my life. After I discovered them as a as a young teen, became a huge fan of the Smiths, and his bass lines were, were so iconic, they made the songs what they were. So it is very sad that he is gone. Also gone this week, Pete Brown, the British poet and singer who helped co-write some of Cream's most enduring songs, uh, like White Room and Sunshine of Your Love and Politician, he has also passed away at the age of 82. An announcement on his Facebook page said that he passed away after a courageous battle with cancer, so he too has been taken from us by cancer, and I don't know, I'd just like to say fuck cancer. Moving on to some happier news, Blur has announced a new album, The Ballad of Darren. It will be out July the 21st. It's the band's first new album in eight years. Of course, uh, Damon Albarn has been busy with gorillas for the last several years, but they've gotten the band back together. And they've got this new album coming out. Damon Alburn has uh, released a statement saying that this is an aftershock record, reflection and comment on where we find ourselves now. They've released the first single titled The Narcissist. It's out on streaming platforms everywhere. Be sure to check that out and pre-save the album. It will uh, be in your library in full on July 21st. Are you ready to feel old? Liz Fair is celebrating the 30th anniversary of her iconic 1993 album, Exile in Guyville. 30 years. It's been 30 years since that came out. Doesn't that make you feel old? Makes me feel old. Anyway, she's performing it in its entirety on tour this fall. Dates begin uh, November 7th in El Cajon, California. Things wrap up December 3rd in Dallas, but she's got a string of uh, probably 15 dates or so in between there. She'll be all over the place playing Exile in Guyville in its entirety. So that'll be cool. So this was just announced, but I feel like I have a secret because I don't think a lot of people know this yet. And I'm going to ask you guys a question. I want you to tell me what these all these acts have in common. Guns N' Roses, Perfect Circle, Nine Inch Nails, Sublime, The Replacements, The Offspring, Infectious Grooves, Suicidal Tendencies, Ashes Divide, Devo, Queens of the Stone Age, Ween, Hundred Gex, Paramore, Weezer, Danny Elfman, Sting, Bruce Springsteen, and the Foo Fighters. What do all of those artists have in common? I'll give you a clue. It's the drummer, 
Josh Freeze. Josh Freeze is one of the most accomplished drummers in modern rock history, and we have been waiting to find out who is going to replace Taylor Hawkins and the Foo Fighters, and now we know it's Josh Freeze. The band just made the announcement today during a live stream performance a studio session uh, preparing music for concerts that they uh, they did and recorded at the group's uh, 606 Studios in Northridge, California. We knew that we were going to find out who was going to be the drummer soon because they have concert dates that are starting soon. So if they hadn't announced it prior to that, we knew that, you know, whenever they show up on stage, we're going to know who the new Foo Fighters drummer is. And now we know it's Josh Freeze. They couldn't have done better. Taylor Hawkins, of course, will never be replaced, but to fill in in his place, they couldn't have found a more suitable replacement than Josh Freeze. Josh Freeze is a fucking badass. So congratulations to the Foos. One of my favorite bands, Spoon, has just announced a new EP titled Memory Dust. If you enjoyed their uh, 2022 record, Lucifer on the Sofa, get ready for more music that you'll probably love. The new EP is uh, coming June the 13th, the first single, Sugar Babies, is out right now. They recorded these tracks during the Lucifer on the Sofa sessions, and uh, two of these songs are originals, and one is a cover of Bo Diddley's She's Fine, She's Mine. That first song, Sugar Babies, is out now, and the EP will be released in full on June 13th. Pre-orders are ongoing right now. Lana Del Rey has just released a previously unreleased song, Say Yes to Heaven is out on streaming services everywhere. It was originally intended to be included on her 2014 album Ultra Violence, but it was cut. It never saw an official release, but somehow it had leaked online and uh, was it was popping up online in different forms most recently as a, a viral sound on TikTok that everybody was uh, using a sped up version of that in their TikTok videos. And uh, now she's released the full studio version of that track. It's streaming everywhere right now. It's also included on this week's playlist. Big news for fans of Hosier. Hosier's new album has uh, got a release date. August 18th is the release date for Unreal Unearth, his first album in four years since Wasteland Baby came out in uh, 2019. I didn't officially declare a uh, album of the year in 2019, but looking back, if I had to declare album of the year for anything, it would probably be Hosier's Wasteland Baby. That album was phenomenal from start to finish. Not a, It was a no-skip album. Hosier is currently in the midst of an underplay tour in North American clubs. Um, an underplay tour is uh, where they book an artist who would normally sell out much larger venues into much smaller venues, sort of as a test run for, for a tour before they, they go on full tour, which he is going to be doing uh, later this year, this fall. The tour begins September 9th in St. Louis and will run through November 4th at the Hollywood Bowl, and it's uh, largely sold out already. So if you want to see Hosier this fall, uh, you can try to get tickets, but you better try right now because most of the shows are selling out fast. And singer-songwriter Madison Cunningham will be supporting him on every one of those dates. So be sure to check the link in the newsletter to see if he's coming anywhere near you. As you know, as I covered previously, uh, legendary Canadian singer-songwriter Gordon Lightfoot recently passed away on May the 1st at the age of 84. His label has announced his final album release, Gordon Lightfoot, live at the Royal Albert Hall, is due out June 14th. The album contains 26 tracks, uh, including all of his most uh, beloved songs like The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, If You Could Read My Mind, Early Morning Rain, Carefree Highway, Sundown, etc., etc., 
So keep an eye out for that coming uh, mid-July. When you yourself are not either Jay-Z or Beyonce, and you hear news like this, how does it make you feel? To me, it makes me feel very, very poor. Jay-Z and Beyonce have purchased the most expensive home in California history. The couple has paid $200 million for a new compound in Malibu. They call it a a property. I call it a compound. It's a 30,000-square-foot home right on the ocean. It's, uh, It's incredible. It's what you would expect out of a $200 million oceanfront home in Malibu. This article is from Consequence, and um, I've linked that in there. You can see a photo, an aerial photo of this place. It's just ridiculous. It uh, it smashed the previous record of the largest real estate transaction in California history. It was uh, $177 million. This is $200 million. In addition to being the biggest real estate transaction in California history, it's the second most expensive home real estate deal in U.S. history. It's being reported that they got a good deal on this because it was originally going for $295 million. With their combined net worth of $2.5 billion, the power couple likely had no problem securing a mortgage. The 30,000-square-foot house sits on eight acres uh, overlooking Malibu's Paradise Cove. So all I can say is, uh, uh, Jay-Z, Beyonce, call me. I'd love to come out and visit. Maybe I can stay in your guest house for the rest of my life. That'd be cool. I'm bringing my wife and kid too, just FYI. In news that'll make you go, ew, Courtney Love has been accused of grabbing a journalist's crotch without his consent. This journalist's name is, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, Frank Ellaretti? Ellaretti? E-L-A-R-I-D-I? Ellaretti? Anyway, he was uh, recently speaking on a podcast about this incident, which occurred six years ago. Apparently, he's trying not to make a big deal out of it. He was just asked about this, and he told the story. Apparently, he went to go cover Coachella, and he was supposed to interview her, and they were at an after party, and uh, she wanted him to hang out with them, and they took a photo together, and then she reached over and grabbed his crotch, like, really hard, he says, completely catching him off guard, as, you know, you can imagine. And he says there's a photo of it because someone else in the room snapped a photo at the exact time she reached over and and grabbed his junk. So, uh, yeah, that happened. Been a long time since I've said anything about the Indigo Girls. Love them, though. They're hitting the road. They've uh, just announced a major tour of North America and Europe that will run this summer. Most of these shows will feature them with their full band. Supporting acts will include Larkin Poe, Kevin Kenny. Garrison Star, Nico Case, and uh, and others. Things kick off in Asbury Park, New Jersey on June the 1st. They'll be hitting major cities across the U.S. throughout June and July, and then heading to the U.K. and Europe in August. Tickets for all of those shows are on sale through StubHub right now. Rounding out the news, it's not so much a news story, it's just a cool little thing that happened to happen uh, last week. It's a case of uh, right time, right place. A cover band in the UK called Borderline Toxic was playing a gig last week in London at a dive bar called Slim Jim's Liquor Store. They had just launched into Green Day's 1994 hit Basket Case when guess who walked into the bar? Billy Joe Armstrong himself walked in. He heard the band playing the song. He jumped up on stage and finished the song with them. They may be a cover band, and it may have been a dive bar, but I'm pretty sure that's going to go down in history as their favorite gig ever. In other news, which may or may not be music-related, but almost always is, 
Rolling Stone has published a tribute piece to Andy Rourke of the Smiths. Uh, Smith's bassist Andy Rourke was a light that will never go out. His playing was the most underrated element in the band's sound and a big reason you won't forget the songs that made you cry. Well worth the read. Also, Jeremy Larson has penned a piece titled The Woes of Being Addicted to Streaming Services. After a decade under the influence of music algorithms, he takes a look at what streaming services afford the most engaged fans and what lingers below the surface. Link to read that on Pitchfork. And finally, a really feel-good piece. I love stories like this. Post Malone may not necessarily be your cup of tea, musically speaking. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. I don't know. But uh, he's certainly a, a very talented guy, and he's also known for being just a really friendly, nice guy. A good dude. A good egg, Post Malone. Well, Post Malone has helped a fan buy a house after meeting him in a bar. He's continued to cement his reputation as a friendly guy by donating towards a deposit for a Scottish singer and fan who he met at a bar last weekend, helping him buy his house. What a solid dude, man. I don't want to buy a house, but man, I could really use a new car. Maybe Posty and I could like hang out at a bar sometime soon. Posty, if you're listening, hit me up. Two things I want to highlight this week in Z-Rex, Zappa's recommendations. Uh, as you know, MTV News just uh, shut their doors, closed their doors, called it quits, threw in the towel after uh, 36 years. And uh, three of its most iconic anchors looked back at their time, bringing news to a generation from covering Kurt Cobain's death to interviewing Tupac and uh, much more in an article, MTV News Confidential, Kurt Loder, Tabitha Soren, and John Norris Tell All. Pretty interesting stuff. Also, I'm highlighting a, a video. Artworks is a weekly half-hour art show sharing the most inspiring, surprising, informative ways that Australian creatives are uh, telling stories today. And this documentary showcases Nick Cave and Warren Ellis performing live at Hanging Rock. Really, really good show and a must-see for any Nick Cave fan. <laughs> Every week, I cover new music, new music releases that have come out, new music releases that are upcoming over the next 30, 45 days or so. This week, we saw new releases, new full-length albums from Dave Matthews Band, Graham Nash, Louis Capaldi, Paul Simon, Raul Melo, and Sufjan Stevens. The release radar is jam-packed with stuff that's coming out over the next 30, 45 days. We've got new music coming from... Here we go. Arlo Parks, The Exploding Hearts, Simply Red, Sparks, Krungbin, Ben Folds, Ben Harper, Bob Dylan, Cowboy Junkies, Foo Fighters, Half Moon Run, John Mellencamp, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, Rancid, Rufus Wainwright, The Boo Radleys, Christine and the Queens, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, Jenny Lewis, Love and Rockets, My Morning Jacket, Youth Lagoon, Balmoria, Drive-By Truckers, The Flaming Lips, Hand Habits, Motorhead, Queens of the Stone Age, Sunvolt, and the Teskey Brothers, to name just a few. I'm excited about all of that. As you know, I'm really excited about the new Queens of the Stone Age. So I will be letting you know what's up with all those releases as they drop. Finally, we come to On This Date, Musical Happenings of Historical Significance. On this date, May 22nd, in 1950, Elton John's longtime songwriting partner Bernie Taupin was born in Lincolnshire, England. May 22nd, 1959, Morrissey was born in Manchester, England. This same day in 1965, the Beatles went to number one on the U.S. singles chart with Ticket to Ride. 
And May 22nd, 2009, White Stripes drummer Meg White married Jackson Smith at her ex-husband and bandmate Jack White's Nashville home. On May 23rd, 1934, Robert Moog, the inventor of the synthesizer, was born in Asheville, North Carolina. May 23rd, 1967, Radiohead drummer Phil Selway was born in Oxfordshire, England. And on that same day in 1978, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band kicked off their 117-show Darkness Tour in Buffalo, New York. May 24th, we've got a big birthday. In 1941, Bob Dylan was born in Duluth, Minnesota. That same day in 1947, Cynthia Dorothy Albritton was born in Chicago, Illinois. Do you know who she was? Cynthia Plastercaster? Do you know the story about Cynthia Plastercaster? How she got that name? Google that. That same day in 1974, David Bowie released his eighth studio album, Diamond Dogs. On May the 25th, we celebrate the birthday of Paul Weller, who was born in England in 1958. Also on that date in 2009, Jay Bennett, a former member of the band Wilco, died at his home in Illinois at the age of 45. May the 26th, ton of birthdays, ton of big names celebrating birthdays on May 26th. Miles Davis was born in Alton, Illinois in 1926. Levon Helm was born in Elaine, Arkansas in 1940. May 26, Mick Ronson was born in England in 1946. Stevie Nicks was born in Phoenix, Arizona in 1946. The great Lenny Kravitz was born in New York City in 1964, and Lauren Hill was born in Newark, New Jersey in 1975. May 26, the Beatles recorded Yellow Submarine at Abbey Road Studios in London in 1966. Speaking of the Beatles, John and Yoko began an eight-day bed-in in in room 1742 of the Hotel La Reine Elizabeth in uh, Montreal, Canada to promote world peace. And sadly, on May 26th of last year, 2022, Depeche Mode keyboardist Andy Fletcher died at the age of 60. On May the 27th, Susie Sue was born in London in 1957. May 27th, Neil Finn was born in New Zealand in 1958. Andre Benjamin celebrates his birthday. In 1975, he was born in Atlanta. Andre Benjamin, better known as Andre 3000. On May 27th in 1977, the Sex Pistols released God Save the Queen. And on that same day in 2017, Greg Allman, founding member of the Allman Brothers Band, died at the age of 69 at his home in Savannah, Georgia. Rounding out the week, finally, on May 28th, T-Bone Walker was born in Linden, Texas in 1910. John Fogarty was born in Berkeley, California in 1945. Wendy O. Williams was born in Webster, New York, 1949. And on that day in 1969, Mick Jagger and girlfriend Marianne Faithful were arrested at their London home, charged with possession of cannabis. How dare they? They were later released on a 50-pound bail. That's about 85 bucks. So yeah, that happened. That's your week in history. That was what happened. Now, what about what's going to happen? What's going to happen this coming week? Well, you're going to have to come back next week to find out. Because I'm going to be here bringing you all the latest in music news, reviews, interviews, new music releases, etc., etc. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back week after week. Thanks for supporting Zappagram, the mother of all music podcasts and newsletters. 
I can only keep this thing going as a direct result of your generous support, so please consider a paid membership at zappagram.com. Please be safe this week. Take care of one another. Take care of yourselves. Be good to yourselves and to one another. I've been your host, Chris Appa. I look forward to seeing you next week. I'm out of here.